I'm Danielle, and you're listening to The Flash Podcast. Welcome back to the Flash Podcast, your podcast for all things related to CW The Flash, starring Grant Gustin as Baron, aka The Flash. I'm the host, Andy P, as always, and first of all, with me tonight is Tadion Swar. How are you guys doing tonight? Hi! I am feeling reborn and rejuvenated. Uh, reborn as in you came out of a speed force reborn, or just reborn as in, you know, Easter Yes, party? as in I fought my way through the negative speed force... And have found the light again. That's why. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I've had a very productive week, and I am going to be at AwesomeCon this weekend. So, if any Flash podcast fans are going to be there, uh, you might want to try to say hi to me there. I will be on a panel on Saturday at six thirty, a toxic fandom panel. And as you can imagine, I have a lot of thoughts to say about toxic fandom. So, you should come uh, check it out. <laughs> And while Andrew couldn't join us tonight, we do have a very special guest. She is one of my favorite people in just fandom, nerdom, and so on. She she's been on before because you know when she is the queen of all things Caitlyn Snow. So it's it's my honor to welcome by Miss Lazy Bauer from the Krypton Pika. So Lazy, how are you doing tonight? Woo! I'm super excited to be here. You know, whenever there is a need to stand for Caitlyn Snow, I just appear magically. <laughs> or I just like, I, I just slide into your DMs that are yelling in caps like you know, hey, you want to come on this episode? <laughs> like the way more fun version of Bloody Mary. <laughs> you just say Caitlyn Snow three times and I pop up. Oh, okay. So I was just kind of like, is that how Bloody Mary works? Okay. Oh, not like the drink though. Although that's better reference. Anyway. No, it is Bloody Mary. I remember. It's like you you're in the mirror and you say yeah, Bloody Mary three, three times. times. Yeah, she kills you. So I'm like, why are you saying her name, guys? But yes, I know it's like <laughs> Candyman. I don't know why people do this, but <laughs> some people just live for the thrill. You That's know? true. Yep. Well, well anyway, so uh, there's not really any news, and uh, which we're we're not really going to have any news on. On season six until I guess uh, upruns, which will be actually not, we're only just three weeks away, I think. So, although the only reason I'm excited for upruns this year is because I just won my fucking Batwoman trailer. So, um, that is all. Yeah, oh, I agree. I will devour that trailer, and then I'm just gonna sit and rewatch it over and over again. And then CW is gonna punish me, being like, "JK, we're just gonna save it to mid season." Um. CW, please don't. I need, I need, I need some Ruby Rose. I need some Kate Kane in my life this fall. So, uh, although we can remind you guys um, that on 
Wednesday, May 15th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. We're going to be doing our season finale coverage live on Mixer.com, the DC Podcast. So go ahead and get the Mixer app for your phone or your Android devices, or you can just sign up for a free account. You can just use the link mixer.com slash dct podcast because we will be yeah we've been doing it for, i think we for the last two years and now we've been covering the season of is live and that's always so much fun so join us and as we break down whatever angst and excitement and joy and every sort of feeling that it, there is all at the same time in in a one in the same episode so there you go but with that said, let's get into episode 19 of season 5 called Snowpack. And what a family episode this was. There was Wait, there was a theme to this episode? I, the it theme was incredibly episode was family? subtle. Wow. I didn't pick up on that at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so well, let's start with the um, well, let's start with um the snows uh, or the tent. How come she never changed her last thing cuz I the tent I, I can I've always remember her as Mama. She's a professional lady. Yeah, you know she didn't take his last name when they got married. Well, not after that. Not 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 after that piece of crazy came back. I I I I, I wouldn't. I don't blame her at all. Um. So so, Lacey, let's, since you're, since you are our guest, uh, let's let's start with you. What did you think of? Um. Well, let's start with Caitlin and Carlos dynamic because this time it got. It got a little more hostile than last time. I actually, I really like them together. I like their dynamic. I think it's, it sort of makes sense because Caitlin, they're so similar. And even, uh, what's the, the actress's name that they cast to play Carla? Susan Walter, I think her name is. Oh yeah. Like they even look like they just, they have similar mannerisms. They look the same. They're so alike to me. I think it's a really sort of good, good representation of people who you know, well, like, I'm an only child, so I sort of went through this when my parents got divorced, but, like, you kind of tend to blame the parent you stay with because they're there and the other parent isn't. So I feel like she may have been a little unfair to her mother. Her mother may have been a little, you know, cold. Haha. <laughs> How many cold puns were there this week, by the way? Exhausting. <laughs> um, no, I think this she's is a that. very, we encourage the puns on the Flash podcast. Uh, all right. This is very I'm... true. We love puns. So many of them. Like, there can be a few, but we don't need so many. But anyway, I mean, I love the scene where they were arguing over which random science gizmo Barry should go get for them. Because that was such... That just felt so natural to me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how I feel about the insertion of Mr. What, do, is, is Thomas's last name snow yeah. i assume i don't yeah. know i've just yeah, called he, all he, the snows in my head yeah that's what i do too i've been saying mama snow papa snow but yeah she's dr tanhauser and he is uh, dr snow yeah I, I don't feel quite as much like i know we're supposed to be extremely sort of sad about about events involving him by the end of this episode but Were i we? don't i don't know i get the feeling i was supposed to like oh it's sad that your dad died but I kind of didn't care because I've met him all of like one time. So his law, other than sort of just the idea of like, oh, look, Caitlin's having to watch a parent die in front of her. That sucks. It, I don't really feel like it was a big loss. And also, I hope we never have to see his terrible icicle outfit again because that was just. Oh, I dug, like, I dug some of that. Crime. I dug that lender. And I'm like, you know what? 
a, a good ice villain loves his letter. Does he, though? <laughs> Does he? When is Killer Frost getting a costume, by the way? This is a question I ask constantly. Never, because we have, but we have, we, we now have to deal with budgets. No, I don't know. Wait, he's I, never had a costume? Like, this Earth's uh, Killer Frost hasn't had a costume? She had one in season four that it was a very, it, it was a blue jacket that she kept wearing, and then it just, and then she just stopped wearing it. Yeah, it's kind right. of just like a different style from Caitlyn. That's pretty much what they, that they've chosen to do. Got it. So, all right, then we'll, we'll, Taddy, what did you, (laughs) hello there, what did you think of um, the the two women's dynamic in this episode uh, with everything that was going on? Um, I've, I'm glad that they kind of like, it still continued like in the same natural progression as it has before, although it's kind of like, it feels like it's really aggressive considering that their misunderstanding is not really something specific, but just like they kind of, it seems like they drifted apart after her dad's quote unquote death, you know? Um, so I'm glad that they, they, they resolved it in this episode and I liked how they ended up. I liked how, you know, they had that coming to a head where it's like, Oh, you left me. No, you left me. But it's funny because the way that Caitlin talked about it before, you'd think that her mom like abandoned her on the street when she was 12. <laughs> but Instead it was of, like, really... sending her to Stanford or something. Yeah, exactly. It was like, okay, go to college. What's wrong with um, Stanford? <laughs> nothing. Just that it's far away. But I loved the mom. I loved Carla's come like come back. LOL. Um, but Carla's response that it was like, I could tell you didn't want to be around me so i gave you that space and then clearly you loved it because you didn't even tell me you got married um which was pretty um like when that ha- when she said that i was like ouch yeah bummer i should call my mom <laughs> don't want my mom feeling like carla <laughs> so anyway um so yeah i i do think that the dynamic between the two of them was realistic and um was definitely my favorite part of the snow half of the episode Aswara, what did you think? Yeah, I echo a lot of uh, Lacey and Tatiana's thoughts. I like their dynamic. I like that Caitlin was able to get that emotional catharsis. She's been needing... Uh, you know, what, a, what a nice word. <laughs> it's a good word. Uh, that she's been needing, as we've seen in this uh, particular storyline this season. I will say, though, this was... I mean, it was still good, but it wasn't my favorite part of the episode because I was really looking forward to seeing where um, Barry, Iris and Nora, where their storyline was going. We did obviously get that this episode but the insertion of uh, the Snow storyline to me felt very clunky. I understand that there was meant to be this message of family. You know, family is important. You gotta invest in family but I feel like honestly it was being over the head to us the audience and that this particular storyline should have had its own episode. I felt as though it was essentially distracting from what we were really invested in at the climb at the cliffhanger of last week's episode. And again, obviously we did get more development with Nora, but that was really relegated to the B plot, which I personally don't like. Uh, I, again, like I think that some parts of it were good. I, honestly wasn't as invested um i've made my feeling feelings clear before that the killer frost storyline this season is not one of my favorites uh but 
you know, it had a pretty satisfying, I guess, conclusion. And also the persona, the ice personas, I guess that's what the ultimate answer is to the source of Caitlin's powers, which we've, I feel like we've been going back and forth on Uh and that the show itself has not kept consistent. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was good. Just not my favorite part. I I will I will completely one hundred percent co-sign the bit about the the Frost family abilities. Like I kind of yeah. on some level respect that the Flash is like we have committed to this and we are doing it. Everybody has magical not magical meta DNA that isn't dark matter, but makes you have two separate personalities at the same time. It just makes every time they go back to this well, it makes less and less sense. Yeah. And I wish they would just stop. Like, if we've just decided that that Caitlin can switch between personalities and and what whatever the official party line they finally agreed on for this, I don't like it. But every time they go back to it, it just gets more confusing. So just maybe stop talking about that part. Right, and it's like there's a way to do it that's simple, clear, concise. But again, it feels like the writers just kept going back and forth on what the source of the powers actually are. So like now we as the audience are like, I don't know, like she has ice powers and ice persona. <laughs> like that's all I know at this point. It's like it, it, it's just like, yeah, unnecessarily muddled. So that's another detraction for me. I, as you, as... I did like one thing about this, though, is that they at least for the Caitlin stuff kind of left mm-hmm. it a little open ended. In the sense that, well, A, they left it a little open-ended because clearly her mom is going to come back with a nice persona because mm-hmm. she's not a metahuman or whatever dumb reason. But also, like, they didn't make it like, oh, we love each other so much. Let's hug it out. We're going to be together at every holiday. They were like, let's go get a drink and see what happens. And mm-hmm. I felt like that was really, like, how that would actually happen. Like, I was I was glad. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't think they'd let the whole Barry and Iris thing go on too much longer past this episode. But I also kind of felt like maybe they shouldn't have been joking about it, like, right at the end either. I felt like they kind of made up way too fast. As you hey, know, there's another pun. We're fast. They're fast on the Flash TV show. As you, guys, as you, as you, you guys were all, like, talking about, like, you know, the, the concern about how Kayla's powers work and so on. I keep thinking, these fools still care about this. I just give it up on it. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean... I don't, like, I don't care about it, but the fact that the show harps on it makes me care less about the storyline. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. The, when Thomas actually appeared, it was like, oh, deflation of plot. <laughs> yeah, for me, I, I just stopped, I'm just kind of, like, you know, I'm just going with it because, you know... Again, I, there's just too much else going on. That means like, you know what? If it if they if they feel entertained by chaining it co- constantly or not being sure what they want to do about him, it's fine. I don't mind. You know, just give me just give me some good stuff. And I really loved all the family stuff that was going with the snows because I, you know, but internet believe it or not, I do care for Caitlyn Snow, whether you want to believe it or not. And I. I enjoy, I, no, Andy, if you have nuanced criticisms on any character, you're a hater. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I, again, <laughs> I, I love Susan Walters because, you know, she was Lydia's mom on Teen Wolf. And I, I think she, you know, she and Daniel Penn are like, because, you know, they maybe work together now. I think this will be like their third time. And just, 
basically like, whenever you see the, those two on the screen, it seems like they've been working together for years. Like, as a legit mo- mom and do- daughter dynamic, which, which is always, inter- you know, which is always an, an enjoyable to watch. And I think that, you know, I mean, yeah, we... This, I mean, it, in many ways, their argument was very. I mean, their disagree, disagreements and feelings and whatnot was very universal. You know, like when some when a major death in the family happens, you know, it does rip people apart. Sometimes, sometimes it brings people closer, but sometimes it does the opposite. And you know, she was feeling like I think I think she was as a mother was feeling the same frustration as a lot of mothers out there do. Do you know, like that their kids move far away to study, and you know they live. Somewhere else. Now, the part about that being included about <laughs> a certain wedding, Carl, you didn't miss, miss much. He he died in the same day. It's fine. Um, she was married for less than twenty four hours. Yeah, and... but she didn't know the entirety of the relationship. Come on. But he was, he was barely there. He was. He was. Oh my god. He, they were he they they, fl- they were flying around saving the world, and then he, you know, like Robbie Amell was not in season one that much. He showed up for a few episodes. Look pretty, and then he died in the season two premiere. The end. So yeah, but weren't they dating before even all the particle accelerator yeah. accelerator business happened? Like that's a yeah, long time. Yeah, they were dating before. Exactly. But how exactly. much were they actually dating? I'm pre- I'm pretty sure they, they pro- were dating for a long time. Either way, the point is that it showed just how far the estrangement had gone, and that both of them were hurt by it, but neither one was willing to make the first move, so it just kept getting worse and worse. But yeah, no, I, I think that you know with the return of of Thomas, I think that this was what they needed to get closer again. Because I really, you know, towards the end of the episode, like, you know, she they just they just you know they they go out for a drink and whatnot, and they actually decide to start healing their relationship. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that was really nice. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little bummed that Thomas died because you know. I I actually dug the whole icicle thing. You know, I don't mind his outfit. You know, look. Th- this is the airverse. <laughs> We've seen crazier outfits. Um, okay, that's fair. Ex- ex- exactly. <laughs> Very valid. Jo- join us on Monday, Tuesday, and Sunday nights for crazy outfits on The Flash, Supergirl, Little Samara, and Arrow. Um, although Arrow is becoming very, you know, more like it's. It's becoming very more streetwise. So it's like it's kind of like okay, there's not really anything standing out anymore in terms of costume wise. So there you go. Um. Because we got because we got to talk about this because it's what what do we call it? Grace Kade Grace Kada. Yeah, Grace Kada. They yeah. call her Cicada Two or Two Point but we call her Grace Kada because we are oh, superior. I like, that, I like that better. Yeah, Grace Two is uh, Cicada Two is kind of lame. No, it was it was so whack. I'm like, y'all, you're you're so lazy. Come up with something more clever. Um, but she comes back in this episode. Cisco hasn't been around for forever. He no, but he's off doing very important work. That's <laughs> why we need to have unex- like nearly unexplained absences for him almost every other episode. Oh my Come God. on, Lacey. I got so, I got so triggered when they said that he went off to go hang out with the breach. I'm like, listen, you don't you don't speak about Danny Trejo off screen. You give us Danny Trejo on screen. Period. <laughs> so also, how weird hanging out with your ex-girlfriend's dad what yeah that is weird like there aren't other people who can breach that he could yeah. talk to like a forum or or a chat room or something i mean, <laughs> I mean how many years yeah at this, at this point they do need some sort of like i'm, I'm sure they do have an interdimensional communicator of some yeah, sort and sherlock apparently knows everything about everything so i don't know why he doesn't just hook him up 
Oh, I'm well, so I mean, sick of Sherlock. Well, I mean, Oliver hung out with Quentin for how many years? It's like, I mean, look, it doesn't matter if you've been if you if you're dating your yeah, your girlfriend or not. Like, you know, you will still be hanging out with your parents more, regardless. So, but Rick Kata comes back and she steals herself because reasons. I thought it was. I loved Joe's whole. Like, the, is there even a police code for kidnapping yourself? I'm like, Joe, only in Central City. On, only in Central City. Um, but she comes back and she, you know, as the snows are kind of, you know, they're, uh, we, you know, it's in, towards the end of the episode, they start healing and they start to, you know, like, yay, we defeated Icicle, I think. She shows up and just <laughs> causes mess to go down and um, she kills Thomas but she also kills this cryo atomizer is that is yeah she what? takes the cryo atomizer yeah. yeah which is like the random MacGuffin that that um Carla was making for reasons so what do we think is happening here and how sad was it to see Thomas die what did you think lazy um I was sad to see Thomas die only because I feel like they had a lot of potential like bringing him back finally into Caitlin's life and and what he made it like an episode and a half like that just sort of feels like why why did we bother with this so I feel like kind of it was a waste to kill him off because we hadn't really done anything with him yet even though again I don't understand 100% the the difference between Icicle and Thomas and how they shift between one and the other. And while I am glad Thomas showed up to save Caitlin, I'm not 100% positive how that happened. So it's a little, it's a little weird for me. Like, I'm sorry that Caitlin had to watch her dad die. Like that sucks, but at least they're cool. Like fighting in the sky on ice slides. Oh my God. Like an amazing scene. So that was awesome. Yeah, but, that must have cost a lot for the season yeah, budget. We'll be, we'll be having no more special effects for like two episodes. <laughs> yeah, when they, when whenever they you know we see Barry run now in the next episode, it's probably they're just gonna they're just gonna use um um a sharpie, a yellow sharpie, and just draw lines around him. Um, it's gonna be a noise to indicate that he like went off some other direction. Yeah, no, I mean, no, thankful we have the amazing Armin Kevorkian doing the VFX for, VFX for this show, so, um, no, they, they, no, he, he, he knows what he's doing, so I, you know, with, with, without budget, I, you know, we, don't worry guys, it's gonna look, <laughs> the listeners, the episodes will still look great coming up, especially the season finale, because I, I'm, they're, they always save up for the season finales, so, um, Taddy, what did you think about, uh, this cl- whole situation. This whole situ- <laughs> yes, I don't even know. Okay, how to well, this whole it. part was like my my least favorite slash most point- disappointing part of the whole episode. First, the the cicada the cicada thing is not explained. We don't know why Grace wants herself. What the cryo atomizer is? Uh, it's supposed to like make us excited for the future, but I really don't. I'm not excited. Like I'm just like, can we get rid of you know? Can we just stop cicada now? Yes. Yeah, I don't even think there are any clues. Yeah, like, is she going to freeze herself so that she never, like, that version of herself never has become the one that she is now, but also she doesn't stop existing? I don't know. That's, like, the only thing I can think of, but I don't care. Um, (laughs) What I do care about is the way that Thomas and that entire situation was so poorly handled that it infringed upon my enjoyment of Caitlin and Carla's dynamic. Like, first off, 
Thomas's alter ego, Icicle, that's right, that's his name. Icicle just, like, randomly wants an ice family out of nowhere, suddenly, when he's just been, like, chilling by himself for, like, 20 years now or whatever. I don't remember really? how he's been 50 chilling. years. Chilling yeah, himself. he's been chilling. Thank you. Thank you. Be more coy about it. <laughs> <laughs> that was very, that was very subtle. Okay, excuse yourself. But anyway, um, so his motivations were just kind of like blah. Like I don't know why he suddenly wants like friends. Um, but but then I was really annoyed by the fact that they had Caitlyn slash Killer Frost face off against her dad and then not even think to try to reach Thomas inside of him. You know, like instead of having her actively be a part of drawing her dad out, she just got knocked down and then he came out on his own without showing any sign of struggle and didn't kill her. And I was like, where is the, you know, emotion here? I was just kind of like, okay, I'm not going to do it because you're my daughter. And like, where is Caitlin as an active agent of her own destiny furthered by then she immediately says, I'm a face off against Cicada. Don't worry. And I was like, you couldn't even fight your dad. And now you're going to fight Cicada? And again, Cicada takes her down in like two seconds. And then her dad has to come and die to save her. And I was like, why? Why can't Caitlyn slash Killer Frost get a win? What is this? Every single time. So uh, she did yeah. get knocked down a lot in this episode. I was kind of salty about it. So but I, also, I, like, maybe she just doesn't understand the rules of how her dad's multiple personalities work. Because I sure don't, like. Yeah, I mean, sure. I, but, like. They didn't understand it either, you know, I mean, they as in Team Flash. But every time at Caitlyn's Killer Frost, they're like, Caitlyn, we love you. We care about you. Come out. You know what I mean? So like, oh, I was yeah, like, where that's is the, the point. Where is the pep talk? That's what they do. This is the same <laughs> team who a season ago, season ago spent at least four episodes yelling at Caitlyn as a trigger to get her powers to work. Well, they tried something, all right? But anyway, I was just like, I just thought it was like a missed opportunity to have a moment of connection with Caitlyn and her dad. And also, like I said, a moment to have her be active in in the fight in more ways than just getting knocked down, which they love to do with her for unknown reasons. So yes, those are my, and then, you know, I understand that we didn't care about Thomas because, like you said, Lacey, we saw him the one time. <laughs> um, but it was it was a little weird that the like next scene that we see Caitlin and her mom, it's just kind of like, okay, well, let's make up and you know go for a drink. And I'm like, I guess they haven't seen him in ten years either, but maybe like a little like handhold, like some kind of thing, like you know, oh, I'm gonna miss him or I'm gonna miss him too, or like it feels like it's hard to believe that he's gone again or whatever. I don't know. It's just strange. Anyway, that's that's that on that. So, what did what did you think about it? I thought it, again. I thought it was fine. Not my favorite part of the episode, but um, I thought some of the effects in this were quite cool. The ice battle, especially, and the ice slides in the sky, like two ice men from X Men fighting with each other. Uh, oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Like it reminded me of that a lot, uh, and. Yeah, you know, Tate, I agree with you. It's it still doesn't feel like Caitlyn is a fully active player in her own story. It's like mostly, and I think this is like a trope with, um, I will say, like woman in fiction and the two women on the podcast. Please correct me if you think I'm mistaken, but it's a trope like of having uh, things happen to a woman instead of uh, her like taking proactive steps in her own journey. And I think overall with Caitlyn's storylines felt very much like that so i will say you know like i mean not to 
not to compare women against each other, but I'm just like thinking about it right now. It's like what we got from Iris this episode was so great. And I'll talk about this later, but like for her to be proactive, stand up to Barry, take her own initiative to go into the future to get Nora back, like that's how you should be writing your one oh, all your characters, but you know, especially like woman characters in particular, because they have dealt with tropes for so long that we can simply just do without. Like those are my thoughts on it. I thought it was sad he died, um, because I would have liked to spend some more time with him. But but again, and I, because I was I was thinking about this a lot today. Uh, actually, when I was rewatching it, um, it reminded me of. Were any of you guys Buffy fans? I loved Buffy. Okay, so remember the episode The Body? Mm-hmm. And how towards the end of the episode, um, Dawn and Buffy are like, they're, they're confronted by a, a vampire. And what the message of that episode was that, you know, just because your day goes to hell doesn't mean that the rest of the world doesn't continue. You know, it's just a regular, you know, for, for the rest of the world, it's just a regular, regular day. And for a vampire's case, it's just, you know, oh, I'm going to suck your blood because I'm hungry. And in this case, you know, because Cicada or Grey Cicada is still out there. It was a reminder, you know, hey, she's still out there. She's still a threat. And so, you know, yeah, I mean, as sad as it was to see him die, you know, it was a good reminder, you know, hey, metahumans are still not safe in in Central City. So... And, and you know, even though you know, yeah, it was annoying seeing Kaylin getting knocked out, and so it was, it was enjoyable for the seconds we got seeing her and uh, and Greykata having their showdown, because you know she had a knife and she had her icicle, she had she had her icicle pops or whatever, and um, yeah, I'm still I'm still guessing that towards the end of the season, she Kaylin will somehow still be will somehow be the key to defeating her because she is. I guess a different. Which, I they guess did tell us Caitlyn is the key. Yes, uh, it's oh. because of her magical non-dark matter DNA. Duh. duh well, duh, well, a duh. <laughs> a, well, like a major a duh. So, um, but um, yeah, I get. Yeah, I guess. Is there anything else you want to talk about uh, when it comes to to this part to Barter? Um, um, I would just like to, I mean, I, w- I was trying to think if like, true to the earlier point of Caitlin just keeps getting knocked down by people. I wish they would stop doing that. But I feel like this is also one of the first like real fight scenes she's ever gotten to do, which I thought was yeah. super overdue. And like, I remember thinking when I was watching, I was like, why have they never let her do this before? Cause usually she just whooshes i'm nobody can i'm making the whooshing gesture with my hand right now she just like (laughs) whooshes ice at them and that's like that's her fighting that's it so number one where did she learn how to do hand-to-hand combat is a question that i had and number two like how come they've never let her fight before that was so badass i guess killer frost like while she's like on She's like on, training on on break. She's I'm guess she's just watching like a, maybe she's watching a little episode of Little Tomorrow and just watching Sarah. That's my canon now. Leave me alone. Um, that's, that's okay, I'll accept that. I will. Well, then good because uh, it's it's a uh, it, it it she has to be watching something to be learning all that. Um, but um, but hey, you know who else was having a very dramatic time in this episode? The West Islands. Um. 
the episode opens up with the fight of all to end all fights. <laughs> they blow up at each other. Uh, as uh, Iris finds out that they <laughs> that she has no choice uh, in the decision of Nora, that she you know that she had to put up with Barry's emotional nest again. I was about to cuss off, but I'm like, no, I don't want to have to edit that. So, um, lazy. What do you mm-hmm. think? What do you think was go? What, what do you think? What did you think about all, everything that was going down with mom and dad in this episode? Um, I actually really loved it because, you you know, the Flash is always kind of like the CW sort of happier, lighter superhero show. So you don't you don't see people fight like this that often. So I thought it was really, really interesting and realistic to finally see that like nobody. I mean, I know everyone is is pro West Allen as you should be, but like there's literally no one on Earth that's like as happy and together as they are all the time. So I'm. I'm glad that they too are human and fight like everyone else. But um, I think one of the best signs of sort of a well-written dispute between two characters is when you can kind of feel like they're both right and both wrong. And you can see where everyone is coming from. And there's not like a, a clear, this person is right. This person is wrong. And that's how this scene really felt for me. Like I could get, I could get into everyone's perspective. I could understand why they were both so angry at each other. And I could see how they were both being sort of stupid and hypocritical towards each other at the same time. I thought it was super well-written and I just, I can't handle it when Grant makes that sad. I might cry in a minute face. It's very upsetting to me. Um, is, that, is, that your, it, is that your kryptonite with a show? Like, I just don't like, Please stop making him upset and sad. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm not conditioned on how to respond to this. Like, he was... I just wanted to, like, pet his hair. It was very upsetting. Like, it was just very... It was very upsetting for me. I need him to be okay. But I guess that means he's a good actor. So that's something. But I really did feel for both of them here because I felt like I could make a case for why both of them were right. And both of them were wrong. So someone did a good job writing that, I say. Well, Swatty... Swatty, oh God, I mixed their name. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, the worst ship name no, ever. No, 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 no. Voltron. Oh my God. <laughs> my listeners, I'm so sorry. It's been, a, it's been a long day, so I'm... I'm fading. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Swatty, oh my God. Taddy, what did you... <laughs> I deserve to go to a corner. What did you think about uh, all this? All this. Okay, well, I loved the West Allen scenes. Like, I loved how, um, you know, how much raw emotion Candace and Grant put into that first, in that first scene especially. Like, I was like, oh, my God, I'm feeling everything. And I feel like it's been such a long time since they've really gotten a chance to do that or even to have scenes together in the first place. So that was great. Um, like Lacey said, you really got to see both of their perspectives, even though Iris is right. And she should say it 100% of the time. I, um, (laughs) I did understand Barry's pain and where he was coming from. Like, of course it's hard for him to think clearly when it's coming, 
when it's about Thon, like the man who killed his mother, and then to know that his daughter is like seeking counsel from that man would obviously be very painful for him. And at the same time, I loved how you how you also saw Iris's perspective clearly because she's really out there like empathizing with Nora and understanding how far she would go to be able to see, you know, Barry again. Um, also, like they both. They, they said like some like hurtful things, but it wasn't anything that like you could never take back. So they like managed to to show a realistic and painful argument between a married couple without going the extra step. Like a lot of times when you watch shows and the main ship will be will feel really toxic and you're like, why would they love each other when they just did that? And like that doesn't happen with West Allen, which is great. Um I did love how they're the gold standard. Obviously. Yeah. When they, when they get to have scenes, um, I did love how dramatic Iris was being about it though. Like she's like, I'm going to stay with my dad. I'm going to write up this letter about how I can't forgive you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. The letter. (laughs) I forgot about that. That was incredible. Yeah. I went, I was like, I want to read the rest of this letter. What else is being said? Um, (laughs) um, but I also, um, I love that at the end, they came together, even though, like, yeah, maybe realistically it would last longer. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't trust them to continue to give them focus if it did last longer. You know, it'd be like, they're not going to talk for three episodes, and then this scene will just appear in the fourth episode. So I'm happy with it being in the same episode. Um, I, I, did, I did like how they both acknowledged that the other had a point, you know? I love that they are always able to, like, step outside of themselves and see the other side after a while. Um, and even if it was a little bit clunky, it was nice how the A story propelled the B story forward, which is interesting. It's ironic because normally it's the opposite. Normally the B story is there to tie back to the A story. And maybe that's part of why it felt like this story, the Barry and Iris story was the actual A story, even though it didn't get as much screen time because the first story was created and then inserted to tie back to the, to Barry and Iris and Nora. But anyway, Point is, I loved their final scene too. I can't believe the loft still exists and wasn't burned down. So thank you, <laughs> oh God. God, Jesus, and <laughs> not only I would like to thank not only God but also Jesus. And um, and I love that they're still allowed to kiss because I thought that had been banned. So yay! <laughs> okay, Sora, what did you think about the West Island development of this episode? I, too, was really happy to see their kiss at the end. It's been 84 years since they've actually, like, a couple publicly. It's been 84 years. <laughs> uh, I can't do that voice. I can do a Emperor Palpatine voice, but uh, I won't do that for this podcast. Uh... I... I, um, yes, I really love, this was my favorite part of the episode. I think it should have been the A plot. It was that first scene. Again, it was very cathartic to see Iris, like, tell Barry, like, call Barry out on his BS, like, in that moment, but also, frankly, consistently throughout the season and how he does things so unilaterally and he doesn't, like, take her, uh, like, uh, point of view into consideration on important matters when he should. And he just, like, doesn't learn. It felt like Iris was channeling so many viewers' frustrations into saying, Barry, get your act together. Like, incorporate your family and team and your wife into these important decisions and stop being so regressive. You know, we had so many complaints in our previous episode about what Barry did. 
And again, Iris was channeling all of our frustrated feelings. And she took the initiative during this episode. She was like, nope, not going to wait around for anyone. I'm going to take this time machine and go to the future. And I was very glad to see Ralph help her in this because like, oh, wait, but um, back to the fight. Like, I think like I understand Barry's point of view. I really do. And I understand the trauma he's been through. But I was really like on Team Iris throughout all of this. I, I, I think maybe she could have been more considerate towards his feelings of like, hey, yeah, this was uh, the murder of my mother. But also Iris is the one who's mostly of these two, in my opinion, thinking clear with a clear head on her shoulders about what they need to do, understanding that, hey, maybe there's something more going on with this Thon Nora thing than meets the eye. And like, we need to actually fully, fully discuss it. Like we didn't really, we did get to the um, beginnings of it in the last episode, but there's still more to discuss. And again, it just like, I just love Iris and I just love how she consistently always calls out BS. And I like what Barry was doing, like in his argument with, Okay, I'm going to, like, I, this could just be me projecting, but I felt, honestly, like, and please, like, anyone jump in if you think I'm going too far here. I kind of felt like he was gaslighting her a bit, like, saying, oh, yeah, Iris, you're really being the one that's emotionally manipulative here or something along those lines. And I'm like, what? No, you're trying to turn this around on her. She's calling you out on your BS and the bad things you've done and you're again are just trying to deflecting like i never expected to see that from barry i think that it was yeah regressive of him and of course like you know he's in a bad state like he's not quote i don't know how to say it but like i guess not his self at that moment or how he should be and or i know tati if i can ask you would you go as far to say like what barry was saying to uh iris was like gaslighty or do you think i'm using that term incorrectly. I don't know that it was, I don't think he was gaslighting. I think he was saying what he thought mm-hmm. she was doing, you know, like maybe okay. he wasn't entirely right. Um, but that's what he believed. Like he was like, he, cause I mean, I, it's like in every other case, Iris does usually back Barry, even when, mm-hmm. even when he's kind of wrong, she like tries to understand him first. But I think that in, in some sense, like being a mother does make her be like, well, I have to put Nora's needs, you know, at least equal to yours. And so right. then the Barry's like not accustomed to this. He's like, but I am the most important person in your life. I don't understand I what's see. happening. I the see. The same thing okay. I said last, remember the same thing yeah. I said last week where he was like, we can just have another child. <laughs> just <laughs> throw <laughs> this one out and start over. <laughs> so yes. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I actually really like that, that read that he is, you know, mm-hmm. that he's trying, that he's trying to, that, well, that Iris particularly is very Im- impacted by being Nora's mother. I do think it was like a cheap shot when Barry said that she yes. only wanted to. Well, I mean, to be fair, they both engaged in some cheap shots. When she pulled out Flashpoint, I was like, oh, no. But like, <laughs> I was surprised like, she didn't point out, pull out Savitar. Like, well, you still work with the man who tried to kill me, who was also you. But maybe they just want to forget that storyline. I mean, I think that's fine. <laughs> if that's the case. <laughs> But, like, I do feel on some level, I I think I'm a little more sympathetic to Barry here. And also, to I mean, I really like this because I really can argue for both of them, I think. I do think Barry's mm-hmm. have made a cheap shot about her only wanting to take Nora's side because Nora likes her now. 
I think that was a horrible thing to, for him to say to her. Mm-hmm. I also don't think it was entirely wrong. I, I think that to some degree, Iris probably does feel still super bad about what future her did is going to do whatever and, and wants to be and want and, and sort of wants to show that she could be the, the mother that, that she wants to be now by like sticking up for her daughter when she needs her and backing her when she's doing something suspect. So I think that there is an element of that there as well, because oh, all right, here's a, I clearly watch too many shows about time travel. Because you do. You do. I, you're, you're too well, yeah, I mean, it's 100% fair, <laughs> but I just don't understand the end game necessarily of the Nora story for, for Iris. And, and Barry, too, I guess, because, okay, say Iris goes to... I also love that Iris goes and does exactly the same thing she's mad at Barry for doing, which is acting unilaterally and not consulting anyone because she thinks that she knows best of this situation. I just I just love how they're both so human in all of this because it's messy and real. But so she goes to the future to get Nora. Like, what is, what is the plan here? Are they just going to keep Nora in 2019 forever? I think, or she, I think, like, how she has to go home eventually, right? Otherwise, she won't exist in the future. I really spent like a good fifteen minutes trying to like parcel this out in my brain last night, and it made my head hurt. Was he? Because like, I'm like, oh, sorry. Ah, I just don't understand what, like, not that I'm like, oh, it's, you should be fine with what Barry did because you have to let her go home eventually. But like, she does have to go home eventually. See, <laughs> doesn't ask- she? I've been asking this this whole season because. And the only thing I can come back to as the legitimate reason why she's still around is because I think there's like, I think they're off screen or they're gonna bring this up in the next few weeks. They're gonna bring up the whole fact that Barry is still missing. I think they're still trying to use her in some way to help them fi- figure out a way to make sure that he doesn't disappear. Cause that's why that's why he got in the in the season premiere. The reason he really wants to take her around is because he discovers that he does vanish and that he never comes back. So I, that's the only legitimate reason I can think of as as of right now, unless I've missed something from these past seven, eighteen episodes. That they're tr- she's around because or the, the reason that they keep having her around. Is because of they're trying to prevent Barry's disappearance, but then mm-hmm. they need to say it. But yeah, they but they forgot about that storyline. They no, haven't no, tried no, out no, that no, all. They have. No, <laughs> there's a reason why we're getting this crossover this year. They, they haven't forgotten. I think they're just no, 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 no. But no, but an, no, Andy. I mean, like they haven't mentioned it in the show at all. Like mm-hmm. I, I Tati, I think you were talking about this on LWG Lays with Gumption. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it just. Like there's no impetus for uh just you wait. Like like it's it's not no no Andy, I know I'm not talking about like oh just waiting. It's it, it's not about that. It's about no, us just, as viewers watching this show. I'm just getting emotionally prepared for it because you know that yeah. when this no. when the season finale, they're gonna they're gonna throw it in your face like, you know, hey sure. let's crush your heart, reminding you that in in so uh, one, two, like three, a couple six, months, eight. yeah. A it's, couple months, yeah. But no, I'm saying like for the casual viewer who's watching this, and there are like many, I'm sure many have forgotten about that. Because like that is a great through line to have throughout the season. But 
we barely got in that. Like, what is it? Like, Lacey, uh, yeah, I think you were, you were talking. Yeah, you were talking about this. Uh, what is the impetus for Nora be, still being here? You're right. Like, you know, I would answer, oh, it's for um, an emotional closure so they can actually fully talk things out and stuff. But no, you're right. Like, what is this essential reason that Nora has to be back in the past, like right now? It, it's just like. Yeah, I think I, Nora's I, reason is stopping Cicada. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. Right. Yeah. Which is which is like they apparently changed it to like initially it was like because of the disappearance like we got in the season premiere. But then I guess Nora forgot about that somehow, like along with the writers. <laughs> and and it's just like, I, I yeah, just like, please, writers, if you're listening, be consistent. Like previous seasons have had a certain consistency, but like. While I have mostly enjoyed this season, that lack of consistency of knowing like what, why Nora is there, it's like that's lacking. And I think we could have used more of that. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think that Jessica Parker Kennedy is an amazing actress. I think Nora yeah, same, on the whole same. I love her too. Yeah, has yeah. been like a great a, like shot in the arm for the show in a lot of ways. But it's also confused. The, it's like I'm to the point with it where I'm just like, all right, I guess I'm going to go with it because so much of it just doesn't. Granted, the show has never been super clear on its internal rules of, like, time travel and how does it work and what happens if you time travel too often or interact with yourself or accidentally create a time race or something. Like, I guess we're just not doing any of that right now because Well, well you know reason. why? You know why? If we reason? Can, well, if we can get Let Us Tomorrow get away with it, you know, then let's let our boy in red do it, too. So it's fine, Guys, it's a sci-fi show. Trust me, it's never going to make sense. The more sci-fi it gets, the less sense it makes. No, but they can still have a consistent through line. Nope. Other sci-fi, nope. other other nope. sci-fi, sh- other sci-fi shows have had that. Nope, nope. Like let well, us, let us have consistency. For me, it's not even necessarily like I need the plot to follow a linear path. Although you know that's nice. I would like that to happen, but. Mostly just because I need, like, a character reason for some of the things that happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I get why Nora wanted to come back and meet her dad. I don't necessarily get why Nora apparently can, like, not go back to the future now. Or or her parents want to keep her there. Whatever. I just feel like... Because Jessica are... Parker Kennedy has a contract to fill out. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Fair. Well, I mean, they could give her a little future plot, like, on Arrow. I would watch that. Oh, I would love to. I would love for her and Mia. I think my friend that uh, Lane Morgan she she put it best on Twitter. A spinoff with with Mia and Nora, and I'm just like, okay, I'm down because Catherine Mac Macna- um, Taddy help. How do you pronounce her last name? Whose last name? Uh, the, the the actress uh, Catherine, whoever her last name is from from Arrow, who's playing Mia. Oh, oh Mac- McNamara. 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 Yeah. McNamara. Okay. I don't know. It's either McNamara or McNamara. <laughs> what are the other? <laughs> what, what they, 50-50 that, shot. Yeah, I would want to spin up with those two. And that would be fun. No, that would be fun. To, to give my um, two cents on this, I lived for the West Island fight. That was, without doubt, one of the best... Like I mean, Grant and Candace has been killing it on screen since since day one. This was like <laughs> this is gonna sound so wrong. I could watch them fight some more, um, 
because that was the latest. <laughs> and like, you know what? WWE, let's make this the, the next show showdown. They get into a ring and just like emotionally abuse us with their amazing acting and just like let out all their emotions. And you know what? Any any good relationship needs moments like this because you know you know they're not gonna you know they're not gonna get a divorce. They're not gonna break up. You know they're gonna have disagreements. And I'm glad for for ones that they did because you know. They both said things that were right, but also a lot of things that were wrong, and and you know I I think at the end of the day we gotta remember you know we 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 all we're consistently reminded Barry does dictate a lot of his decisions by his emotions. So he you know he's I mean he's one of those people that thinks more with his heart and then his head, and so you know he will make these rash decisions and he will make these calls that might be sometimes hard to understand. I mean I'm still. I'm still trying to emotionally understand. You know, I mean, I'm I'm still emotionally sh- shook from last week. I mean, if you if you guys were listening, um, <laughs> you will know why. You will know what I mean because I had a meltdown. And um, oh, Lacey, you should have been there for it. Um, um, I will try reenacting at Comic Con like how like how bad it got because I was I was pissed with Barry. Um, wow, mm-hmm. I'm ready. Yeah, and you know, and you and you know me, like, like I, I don't, I don't melt down easily, and unless it's something like really drives me crazy. And I think as we were talking more and more about it, because like, I'm like, you know, I, you know, I let Taddy and Andrew Swart talk first, and then I'm just like, oh, I have feelings on this. <laughs> but um, no, but I thought it was good that they had their fight, and I do love the fact that Iris and Rob went to the future. I love when he showed up, and she said. Ralph, don't try and stop me. And he's and he simply goes, "Who said anything about stopping you?" And somewhere, I, I swore I was so thinking about you. I'm like, "Oh, Swore is gonna, he's gonna give major Ralph points for this." And, yeah, I really got it. I was like, "Ralph, this is again what all oh, the role I want you in. Just be the support for everybody. Like, yeah, this is good. Like, this is you just stay there, Ralph. Like, help Iris with anything she needs. Other characters with anything they need." And he's just, like, a nice guy now. Like, I actually like Ralph. I never thought I would say it, but I think I actually like this character now. <laughs> Isn't that the weirdest right, he's thing? he's so great! Taddy, ah! get, get Taddy, save those receipts. I'm, I'm very happy that Sora likes Ralph now. He's come a long, long way. Although he I, has. I got, and I, it's all in preparation of becoming Mr. West Dibney in 2024 when Barry kicks the bucket. <laughs> wow. Um... I see him when he was like, "We're a family," and Barry didn't include us. I was like, "Okay, Ralph." Um, although I did get gross out when he when Iris was like, "Damn boy, do you do you ever watch this?" And I'm like, "Ralph," and he's like, he's like, he's like, "No, let's not talk about." It. I'm like, "No, Ralph, let's." It's a legit question. Do you ever he's still watch? Still gross. This? No, I mean, it's can you watch that thing? I mean, like, will will it get messed up because? We still don't know what that suit is. I don't think we didn't know what that suit is made of. Um, although I want to get, there's two major things I want to talk about. This, we, you know, because I, I, oh, I love when Katniss Patton gets to get all mama bear uh, with the people around her because she's like, you know, like Nora, step away from him. Like, no, step away from him right now. And she sees through at Eobor and all that. And what did everyone think about that? Because that was. <laughs> Y'all, that was intense because there was just a lot of looking and staring, but yeah, they made it so intense. I'm just like, God, I'm feeling something. 
Lacey, what did you think? I am so confused about how I'm supposed to feel about the whole Eobard situation. Like, I don't... I, I feel like I went kind of around in a circle through the whole episode. Like, of course we shouldn't trust him. He's terrible to, oh, he kind of cares about Nora to, wait a minute, he's definitely playing us in some way or other. So I'm kind of like just a mess of how I even am approaching this part of the story. Although part of me was like, hmm, if you're like running through the speed force and somebody's like telling you to like embrace the hate or whatever, perhaps that's a warning sign that you should not do that. Mm-hmm. But it's very like, it's very Star Wars to me, like watch a movie girl. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'd be interested to know what you guys think about like how we should, should we be believing that he is different because he cares no. about Nora? No. Does it no, matter? He's fake. He's fake. Yeah. phony. I I don't know. I low-key believed it this episode. I low-key believed it. Or at least I believe Iris' take on it, which is that he Mm -hmm. is manipulating Nora, but he does actually care about her. But he, like, feels a little bad about it. (laughs) Or, like, he's seeing her as, like, his daughter, like, a surrogate daughter to be, like, his legacy, his evil legacy or whatever. Yeah, but again, to reference Star Wars, it's like he's trying to make her his new apprentice, like, away from Harry. Like, come to the dark side, come to the negative speed force. Uh, I find it interesting, this is actually the very first time we're hearing about the negative speed force, unless I'm mistaken, and we heard about it in seasons one or two. Uh, it's they just like... That. They teased They teased it. But this, it. Is from it. The, this is from them. Did you ever read right. the, the Jeff Johns Flash Rebirth book that came out in early I, 2000s? I, I, no, I didn't read that one, but I have read about the negative speed force on Wikipedia, so... Yeah, I'm familiar. You should it's pick like, up that book. I think you really li- like it. It's a, oh, yeah, yeah, a good sure. Flash family story. But go on, please. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, so, yeah, I think that, yeah, uh, Eobard, you know, what could be the best revenge against Barry but to take his own progeny and use her against him and Iris. And it's like, and he can still, like, care for Nora. He can still empathize with Nora, you know, and he said it point blank during this episode. I idolized your father. You know, I feel the same way you have. And I think that he was, like, the way this all started out, I mean, at least based on what we know so far, whether or not he was behind the Godspeed, uh, you know, appearance, I think that it really sort of fell into his lap, all of this. It was like a perfect opportunity to take uh, one final revenge on Barry, uh, manipulate Nora to be his apprentice and probably like save him, save himself or something, or at least carry on his own tradition of the negative speed force to be, again, a final revenge to Barry, but also so that his own legacy would continue on. Uh, so I could see a scenario in which Nora is like one of, I, I know we've got, I guess we've got two big bats now with Grace Kata and potentially Nora, if she's on the dark side, uh, you know, like <laughs> Asia Bard's pawn. And yeah, I guess we'll just, it's intriguing to see what will happen. Uh, I think that, I think that it would have been more interesting to have had this earlier in the season, like maybe towards the beginning of the first third. So we'd have some more momentum, uh, you know, like going into the last arc of the season. But I think it's now starting to kick into high gear. Andy, how many episodes do we have left at this point? Three. Okay, yeah, we just have three episodes left. So, yeah, it's kicking into high gear. Like the season's uh, almost finally done. Wow. (laughs) 
Are there yeah. really only three left? Yeah, next week is episode Ooh. 20 called Gone Rogue. And then episode 21 is The Girl with the Red Lightning. Um, which I, when I wrote out the article, so, okay, so you're going to hate me for this. I almost wrote out the, this title, The Girl with the Red Saber. <laughs> Oh, I, cool. I, I was well, so well I mean, yeah, it's like the Star Wars parallel. Red lightsaber, too. Totally. <laughs> I wonder who would make a good Sith Lord out of the Star um, out of the Flash characters out of an AI board. Um, but no, I um, yeah, no, I was intrigued by the fact that they actually finally tapped into the negative speed force aspect because that is, you know, a very you know old school um reverse flash thing from the comics that we haven't really seen explored on this show and i it, and it also explains why he has those you know red eyes whenever he's suited up and all that but um no i i don't i think earbert his main goal here is that he wants to turn like because you know he's he's on death row and he his final act of crime is that he wants to he wants to give Barry the 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 most the I mean the most devastating villain of all time, which is his own family. He wants to turn her against her because what other what I mean? Not only did he take away Anora from him, now he's turning one against him. I mean, I can't think of anything more evil to do uh, because it, it would be so simple for him to just kill Nora, you know, another one. But it would be f- far more emotionally wrecking for Barry having to phase off his own daughter. So, mm-hmm. I can't... I kind of dig that, because it is kind of delicious. So, you know, with the power of love, hopefully she will come through. But, um... No, I'm I'm, I'm in for this. I want to see... You know, and also because I want to... I kind of want to see Jessica Parker Kennedy take another go at playing a... a like a D, a DC villain in one way or another, because she did play Plastique on Smallville, which wasn't some wasn't some of her best work so but now it's been many many years she's grown so i want to see what she can do she can do with this um guys is there anything else you want to discuss about this episode before we get to listener feedback uh yeah i'll just start like i loved uh the west allen portion of this episode i think it drove home a lot of momentum it was great to see where Nora was going at the end and like we were just discussing it's really like her storyline crystallizing into the final three episodes and I'm really excited to see where this season ends up and uh yeah about Grace Kata I don't know like what exactly she's going to be doing with that meta tech or that um cryotech from Carla maybe it's to preserve her old uh form or, or like her younger self or something uh I'm sure there's going to be like some sci-fi wrangling in the next episode or two and uh no I'm even though I had my critiques of this episode I like here's what I'll say I enjoyed like each scene that they gave us in this episode but I felt like as a whole it didn't like work together like as a whole because I thought like the execution was clunky. However, I really liked a lot of the plot elements and action we got in this episode uh, that are going to drive home the rest of the season. So I'm excited. Um, Lazy, Taddy, what about you? Um, I really liked this episode for the most part. I Yes, they sort of beat us over the head with the family is so important theme, but... This, this show has never been subtle. It's never done subtle particularly well. That's fair. <laughs> I, 
I, th- I actually think the past stretch of, of two or three episodes has been really strong. And I don't know if that's because it really hasn't been about the, I really like the Grace Kata name. I'm going to steal that. Like about that plot oh, so it. much because I just like, I don't know about you guys, but I just, I don't care about that anymore at all. And I think we probably could have just ended the Cicada story when Cicada 1.0 kicked it mm-hmm. and gone right into this Nora stuff. And I would have been 100% better. I want the rest of the season to focus on, on that stuff and not the Cicada business. Cause like I said, I just do not care because it doesn't have any, I, I, it doesn't have any emotional relevance for me really. But um, I think this is also a pretty big step up over the end of last season, which I famously did not like. So I feel like we're not we're not quite where I want the show to be yet, but it's 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 gone a long way in the past year. So since at least the last time I was on the podcast, because I like Ralph now too, by the way, Sora. <laughs> which I, I know feel, I it's a turnaround. Like the last time I was here, being like, I hope Ralph dies. And now I'm like, oh, I really am glad Ralph was in this episode, which feels like I'm a pod person, but still. Again, again, it's like, uh, it's not Ralph from last season. It's Ralph from another universe. Like, literally the whole team was like, you know what? We hate this guy. We're We're just throwing throwing him in the bin and picking another one. Exactly. Maybe his time in Thinker's brain actually swapped him out. You know, like, he's actually now one of the other metas. Inside Ralph's body. I'm fine with it. 100% fine with it. I think Michelle is going to appreciate that. Um, I will send. I I'm going to send her. A li- I'm, I will send her a link and be like, "Hey, Lacey, some some nice things about our boy." Because you know, she and I, we really. I think last season, like, she, I feel like she and I were like the only ones really supporting Ralph. Uh, and now I'm like, I'm I'm so happy because I. Harley's story is just too much of a joy on screen to hate. That I'm like, I'm happy, you know, like every time, like, you know, one of my favorite things this season has been every time Sora gets to enjoy Ralph, like, the way we have gotten to enjoy him. And I'm just like, you know, I'm I'm happy that they really turn around on, on, his, on his character because, yeah, last season he was just trash. I, I, I would have thrown him in, my, in the trash can myself. Um, no, for me, just, just last words for this episode, I, it was, there was a lot packed then. There was a lot of things going on here, and but it it served for a lot of good emotional development between characters, and again, one of the best West Island scenes in the century. Um, mm-hmm. Like again, this is the gold standard ship of the DC TV universe. Don't add me on Twitter. I, I, you know who you are. If you get tr- if you got triggered by this, you know who you are. And uh, so don't come for me because I won't care. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was definitely one of the better episodes of this season, for sure. Um, Although it was a little bit uneven, the parts that were really good more than made up for the parts that weren't as good. Um, And uh, Candace and Grant should get Emmys, but they won't. And I'm looking forward to um, I'm looking forward to Rebel Nora and her girl gang next episode. Rebel Nora. Oh, my God. I like that. (laughs) So if the Flash just like the Flash should just do a Star Wars themed episode at some point, like Family Guy, like you know we all all the characters like take on the character from Star Wars, um, and just yeah, you know speed off with light speed lightsabers. I think that would be dope. So CW, if you can make that happen, I mean, I, I mean, I, I probably they probably can't because so don't think they have to, like, don't don't they have to pay like a huge like fee to Lucasfilm if they want to use anything Star Wars related. 
Dude, I have no idea. I'm look. I I don't. I, I I've given up trying to figure out like Lucasfilm's creative <laughs> process and like whatever. It's like listen, it's all faking in space. So it's whatever. All, it's all faking space. I love that. Um, that that was something uh, Oscar Isaac said. That's a quote from him. Could you imagine Oscar Isaac on the Flash? I'm just saying. I'm just if he, if he if he comes on the show, he needs to be bald, obviously. Clearly, he could he could play um, Alex Luthor from a different universe. <gasps> yes, he would be an amazing Lex Luthor. That is really I I want that now. Okay, I want Oscar okay. Isaac as Lex Luthor. Yes. Okay, but then you you know who else you have to cast? You have to cast Alina Luthor for him. Um. Yeah, still Katie McGrath because she's brilliant. And, <laughs> and I and I still I still really like the Lex Luthor on Supergirl right now. But I think Oscar Isaac as Lex Luthor would be like pitch perfect. Just uh, give the man anything to play and he can play it. <laughs> I love how you much how much you love that. I I'm, I kind of want that too now. But let's do some yes. let's do some listener feedback. So Taddy, who no longer loves tweets, read us some tweets. <laughs> All right, we've no, got it, some it's in the Google Doc. It is. It does say that. We've got some tweets. Fewer than last week, but longer than last week, which is great. Um, oh, I see. You got rid of one that I spent forever putting together. But anyway. Wait, <clears throat> Kelly? I did? What? Yeah, someone did. It's fine. Kelly2457. I'll start by saying that I don't tend to care for Caitlin slash KF episodes because her storylines tend to be the vast majority of the episode, leaving eight to ten minutes split among two different storylines. Thankfully, this episode had a much better balance. I still wasn't that interested in Caitlin's story because the pacing was terrible this season, way too far apart for me to still care, and Icicle's plan and ultimate demise was strange for me. However, I enjoyed the special effects. <laughs> yes, I slide. The other storyline with Barry, Iris, Nora, Thon, Ralph was fantastic. I love the inclusion of the negative Speed Force, the Iris and Ralph team up, and traveling to the future. It was so exciting to see the twists and turns of the storyline. The Barry and Iris cold open was so amazing. Candace and Grant, with fantastic direction by Jeff Cassidy, delivered wonderful performances. One of the best scenes ever on the show. Reminded me of the fight scene between Rebecca and Jack on This Is Us in season one. Ooh, nice, nice callback. Which one is on- Rebecca and Jack on This Is Us? That's the, those are the parents. Mandy Moore. Oh, okay, there we go. And, yes. uh, Mandy Because <laughs> I was like, aren't they all parents? <laughs> no, I mean the, the main parents. But yes, uh, Mandy Moore and Milo Ventimiglia. Anyway, <clears throat> as a final note, I noticed that this is either the second or third Caitlin slash Killer Frost episode this season. Where are the Cisco episodes? Oh, man, we didn't talk about that. You're right, though. Mm. Where is... Okay, anyway. I guess Death of Vibe was supposed to be about Cisco, but that didn't pan out. I find the focus on Caitlin, without a focus on anyone else, a bit strange. At Hovering we... Ladle. Hmm? Sorry? We all know I'm here for that, but it is... <laughs> The apps, I'm like, we could have Caitlyn episodes all the time. Don't send me hate Twitter. But I do, I, I wish that the show at least had better reasons for, for Cisco not to be around. Like, he's in another universe right. or doing weird science in a secret bunker. Like, it's just, it feels yeah. so, like, made up. By the way, I just, I just, I just want to, like, say, and this is something we've discussed on the show before, but Andy, you did send me. Uh, that uh, one of the producers, or no, Carlos was interviewed about being on the show next season, and he confirmed that he is going to be on the show next season. So that's uh, we, that's something we can breathe a sigh of relief for, at least at Unless this point. Unless he lied, which I hope he didn't, because I would I mean, be mad. Who knows? He might have. It's just like, 
it, it would just be so incredibly weird if uh, he were, I don't know, but it still seems as though he's leaving because he's barely been on this season. I don't, I, again, don't know of any other projects he's been working on. It's still like over, like no matter what's happening with him, it's still concerning and I don't like it. And yeah, he and his character deserve better treatment. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, at Hovering Ladle said, was there an Ed reference with Dibney asking about a bowling alley secret room? Oh, that's cute. I hope that's that, that's what that was. If you guys don't know, Ed was a Tom Cavanaugh show and he owned the bowling alley. So I was so glad to get a scene with Cecile and Iris. There's so much great potential there. I agree. I love that little, you know, mother daughter dynamic. And I hope they have more scenes in the future. Tyler James, her or air. I don't really know one. It was awesome the episode and i knew that reverse flash had the negative speed force it's just i had no clue it gave speedsters red eyes and i hope you guys do this i hope you guys have reverse flash and flash and iris talk to nora so i guess like they want to have a reverse flash and flash face off and then iris versus nora that'd be interesting um then jay kaptanovic had a lot of things to say but there's a lot of curse words so we'll just we'll just summarize which is that they are not satisfied with how season five is going um, because it seems the show has no idea what to do with Cicada. Orland Dwyer was the main villain and then it's Grace and now maybe it's Nora and it doesn't really make sense where they're going with that. Um, And they kept Nora's origins too far into the season. They should have introduced her and Thawne's relationship more um, transparently sooner. Also from last week, why was Godspeed only on for two minutes? Yes, you make you make solid points, uh, Jay Kapitanovic. All right, on to emails. Would you like to take them over, Suara? Yes, thank you very much. So this is from Daniel Loves Matt Matters. Howdy, guys. The West Allen family feels were, were a lot this episode. The opening scene with Barry and Iris was great. Beautifully action, full of good points and tension. Barry is such a lovable idiot, thinking that Iris wouldn't be upset at him for not consulting her. I do appreciate this consistency with Iris. She wants to be consulted, and rightfully so, and that's something definitely born out of Iris being relegated to the sidelines by the people in her life. Joe, Eddie, season one, Barry. Ah, very good point. That being said, while I hate that Barry exiled Nora, Thon is a completely different wheelhouse and does warrant an extreme reaction by isolating Nora further into the arms of a master manipulator ain't it chief iris's stance on apparently not caring for nora was working for him specifically was interesting though like this is the same person who has been through the trauma of losing his mother several times who kept him company through the nightmares and all the bullies so the need to give nora a second chance outweighs the betrayal of continuing to work with thon which is interesting because the same would probably be the same for barry if it was anyone other than thon which i love it's such a tragically bad, ooh, bad word, uh, tragically bad situation where they both had points and they couldn't have thought about the other a little more and both been a little kinder when it was some great stuff. Ralph slash Iris satisfies my thirst for Cisco slash Iris. I mean, I could still do with that dynamic because it's almost been five seasons and I can count the number of one-on-one interactions with one hand, but Ralph and Iris are so good. They managed to form this great relationship outside of Barry, which Iris needed for a long time, and Ralph overall this season has been so genuinely kind, I need to stop being surprised. <laughs> 
<laughs> Iris versus Thawne was great. He is such a creep, but this episode cemented why he is such a great bad guy. Other than the bad guy things, deep down, some part of him actual actually begins caring about the people he hurts, and his relationship in, with the West Allen family is just so rich. I love seeing his respect for Iris and her determination, and him complimenting her anger is definitely a little scary. It seems he was counting on Iris coming to get Nora, so it was just nice to see how cunning he is from literally in a cage. It was nice seeing Caitlin and her mother reconnected because sometimes it definitely feels like this show demonizes mothers, but I don't really feel anything about Caitlin's dad dying. I mean, Caitlin's face is yet another tragedy. We're all shocked. It's unfortunate this story was in places at this point, in in pieces at this point in the season but at the very least they're finally letting caitlin be an active role in her stories to there thanks for a great podcast and giving me space to talk flash well thank you so much danielle and on to our second email from celeste springer i actually enjoyed this episode it was nice to get a little more insight on caitlin's backstory but because they've been so flip-floppy with it I hope this story stays for good. I also loved how West Allen had a realistic argument and shows that couples aren't happy 24-7 and that sometimes things get hard. It's one of the many reasons I love them. I do have to admit that the Nora slash Thawne stuff is really creepy, but I'm a little excited to see where it takes off. I am tired of she-Kata or Tay-Kata, whatever we're calling her, <laughs> and, I'm ready for, and I'm ready for it to end. Other than that, I'm excited to see how the season ends. Can't wait to hear what you guys think. Thank you so much for your emails. Remember to send us an email, and we'll read it here on the show. What Suara said. And, uh, yeah, so I think that's going to be it for our episode discussion. So, um, first of all, Lazy, you're always, yes. you're always a delight to talk to. I'm already, I'm already excited for Sano Comic Con at this point, um, just so we can just have more of these conversations. Uh, but you come back anytime you want. So I would love to. Tell listeners, uh, tell us about the Krypton Podcast, where they can find you on social media, and your other uh, products that you do. Okay, well first, I'm also the host of the Krypton Podcast, which has been on somewhat of an extended hiatus for the past couple of months, because we haven't really had a ton of new content to talk about, but Sci-Fi has announced that the Season 2 premiere of Krypton will be this June, um, June 12th, I think. Yes. So we will be kicking back into high gear with all of that, and just let me say that if you somehow slept on Season 1 of Krypton and are in any way a fan of DC properties, you should watch it. I thought I was going to hate it. The show is so well done. The cast is so... I was going to say hot, but I'll just go with hot. Like the, everybody is so pretty. The actors are great. The story's awesome. Um, like give it a chance. You will really like it. And then you can come listen to us talk about it. Uh, where else can you, you can f- always find me on the internet. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Lacey MB. And right now I'm in the middle of yelling about game of Thrones a lot. So if you have thoughts on how Sansa Stark is the greatest person in the entire world, you should definitely come accurate. Talk to me. <laughs> San- Every okay, so, Sansa so- forever. So Sansa is amazing, but I'm still loyal to my queen Daenerys. Please don't hate me. Oh, I mean, hey, listen, you can love you can love them both, but I feel like Daenerys, you know, has a little bit of learning to do. <laughs> she does, but I want her to rule everything. I love her so much. <laughs> I, need, I need her to get a little more like down with the people and less like incinerating people with her dragons. Exactly. That's fair. That's just me. <laughs> um. Let's see what else. I cover the Flash for Telltale TV, and you can always 
find me in a variety of places writing around the internet. I have a lot of opinions, so I'd like to share them when I can get someone to let me do so. Um, but Twitter is usually the best place to find me. Please come talk to me about stuff. I'm very lonely. No. That's not true. It just sounded sad. That sounds so sad. <laughs> it sounded so manipulative. I shouldn't have done that. Rude. Who are you, Abart Thon? <laughs> no, who are you? Who are you, B- Angsty Barry Allen? Oh. Okay, wow. That, okay, wow. That was low. I love it. I, 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 that was lower than Abart Thon. <laughs> I love. I I love Barry. Don't get me wrong. I love her, but yeah, I. I'm making the big sad eyes that are like filling filling with tears right now. Like oh, I'm, I'm wait, really upset. Are you doing are you, are you doing Grant's face right now? I'm trying, but I don't think I can. Yeah. I don't think I can achieve that level of like weepy puppy. Yeah, Grant, if you're listening, y- y- you have some power. Like you can break people. <laughs> I know, right? Go into politics or something. Like change the world with your like big sad face. It would be great. Grant goes for president 2020. Oh, I. I can get down for that. And so, and if he listens to this, and he's just like, "Oh my god, Andy, shut up!" <laughs> and, <laughs> I don't think he listens to this podcast. It's fine. And Swara, what's your, what? What are you up to? And uh, where can people find you online and your other stuff? You can find me on Twitter at Swars C Walker, and I am a writer for the But Why Though Geek Community website. Uh, I am going to AwesomeCon this weekend. I'm going to be covering. Um, the event for the website. I am, I am very excited to be interviewing. If it all goes well, uh, actors from Steven Universe, uh, one of my favorite series, and be on the lookout for those interviews. And Taddy, I almost said sw- Swatty again, but no, Taddy. Swatty the- is my my secret pen name. Yeah, when I want to publish anonymously. All right, uh, you can find me uh, not anonymously. Uh, <laughs> in uh, various shows on that hashtag shows YouTube channel. You can find my articles on With an Accent, The Flash Podcast, uh, Screen Rant, uh, other various the Marvel, the Marvel things. Report. Marvel Report, that one. <laughs> and you can listen to myself, Jessica, and May talk about all of the DC shows and all the ladies we love on them at Ladies with Gumption, our podcast that you can find wherever you find podcasts. And you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Andrew Back, where I'm right now on Twitter going through the, the joy that is Season 1 of Legacies. Uh, it is amazing. Once I'm done with Legacies, I will be getting into Roswell, so... We're going to renew for the second season today, so yay! And uh, Well, anything on the CW got renewed today, so that's good. And uh, you can find... Me co-hosting the Times podcast, we're right now covering Doom Patrol. Only four more episodes left, so Deep WB, please give us season two. And also, you can find me as a co-host on the Chilling as which is Sabrina Podcast at sabrinapodcast.com. So check me out there as me and Jordan are covering part two of Sabrina. And also, uh, I run the Mall Reports. So if you love all things Marvel, check it out there. We it's a big week. There's, there's this little indie film coming out uh, called Avengers Endgame. It's LMAO. It's, it's going to be a flop like Captain Marvel, so don't worry. Uh, oh, wait. Um, so go to the Marvel Report, check out our Marvel's content. You can also find me writing over at Fansign and that hashtag show, and maybe my third website I can announce maybe later. So stick out. just keep an eye on my Twitter. I think people will be happy. So there you go. Let's do some podcast plugs, y'all, and then we can go to bed. 
So, you can visit theflashpockets.com for all the latest news, traders, descriptions, and all the great content Fuzzy has been keeping up with all, all season with the latest thieves on The Flash. You can get uh, the latest comic reviews from Tatiana. And, of, co- of course, the latest episodes of The Flash podcast. And you can follow the podcast on social media by going to The Flash Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. And you can subscribe to The Flash Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And while you're on Apple Podcasts, please give us some five-star reviews to let us know what you enjoy most about our show and The Flash TV show. And do you approve of, and you should let us know if you approve of Oscar Isaac as Lex Luthor. Yes, Oh, I love it. You can also listen to the Flash podcast on live on the Mix Radio Network Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern via the Mix.fm. Like right now? Oh no, Eastern. Just kidding. Uh, I lied. You, you liar. Um, you should be. You should. <laughs> uh, well, since Andrew isn't here, I will do this part. You can follow the entire DC Podcast Network featuring epic podcasts for Arrow, The Flash, Gotham, Supergirl, It Is Tomorrow, Eyes on Me, Black Lightning, Classic DC Shows, Krypton, Titans, Batwoman, Swamp Thing, and Stargirl, all at DCPodcast.com. Follow the network on social media at DC Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Last but not least, subscribe to our mega feed on Apple Podcasts, Radio, and Google Play. Lazy, get ready, because this is what's coming every week. That long plug. Ooh, I'm already tired. Can't wait to get back into that. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Thanks for having me, you guys. This is so much fun. Now come back anytime you want. Thank you so much for coming on. Yes, we loved chatting with you. Same, same. And, I'm, sorry, uh, I'm sorry, like, I was so dour on the Caitlyn storyline. It's okay. That's why I'm here. Uh, exactly, to balance it out. <laughs> uh, but no, there were parts of it I really did enjoy. I just, like, want consistency <laughs> the capital C the capital C like a C like in Caitlin <laughs> exactly it, it all, everyone deserves it all, it all yes. comes well together but mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen that's it for this week three episodes remaining of the Flash season 5 so join us next week as we cover episode 20 but until then I'm Andy B I'm Tatiana I'm Swara and we'll see you next time on the Flash podcast Thank you.